Hello and welcome back to another episode of Baseball Night. We are recording this Friday, September 8th, right in the middle of the afternoon. And Jack, I mean, I don't even, I I think we're going to spend some time on the Red Sox because that's what we do. But it's honestly like, they just got some thoughts. They got, they just played the Rays. It was ugly. I just, they're just, there's no one there. I'm, I actually find myself because I never, due to the children, never able to just sit down and start the game right at 710. So I'm always catching up. And I find myself zipping through unless Yoshida, Verdugo sometimes, then Devers and Costas are hitting. And now Rafaela, I just, I don't, I zip through and I watch Bayo pitch. That's kind of what I do. Yeah. Um, so again, I, I know why. And it's funny to me that people still say to say they have, you know, 20 games left or I don't think it's 20 at this point, maybe a, a few 22. under 20, or maybe 22. I, okay. Yeah. So they have 22 games left and they're five games out. And people are saying that that's not, you know, it's not crazy. They're not 10 games out. However, I don't know that anybody watching the team, with the exception of the two out of the three games they took against the Royals recently, have said this is a playoff team. I saw a tweet yesterday, and excuse me for forgetting who it was, but they said they're five games out. They're not the season isn't over. I wish people would just watch the games instead of going on Twitter and finding out the opinions of it. If you watch the games, you're going to find that all of those opinions on Twitter are absolutely validated. They can't play defense. It's it's a, it's a silly mistake every night that either leads to extra pitches on their arms that can't afford and to throw any extra pitches or it leads to straight up runs because their defense is bad. It happened again last night. They dropped a ball on a rundown and it led to, or not last night, two nights ago. And you sent a text that said, little league mistakes almost on a nightly basis. And it's true. They're a bad team defensively. They're a bad team running the bases. Their bullpen management and rotation management has been awful all year long. And now they're in a position where they're in where the AL East is, in my opinion, the best division in baseball. I don't think I'm going too far out of the box to say that to you. The NL West is good. The, NL Cent- the AL West is surprisingly good. The AL Central is pretty good. I'm going to come across this Zoom. The AL Central is not good. And the reason the Red Sox have such a competitive record, which nobody seems to be talking about, is for the first year they don't have to play all of their division opponents 19 times. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, after that, um, failed rundown, like a legit failed rundown. They dropped a ball. They were playing catch. It's a it's a pickle. And you usually it's like, holy shit! How did Javier Baez? How did Ellie De La Cruz? How did Jose or Julio Ramirez get out of this? This is insane. What a special player. This wasn't that. This was just no. the Red Sox dropped a ball, and dropped that's what ball playing catch from about ten feet away from each other. You're yeah. running somebody down. You're not throwing that full 90. They they were squeezing them in, too. At this point, it was basically like, all right. Could have chased them down. <laughs> and it honestly, it was Pavetta, and it just gives a really bad um, name 
or view of pitchers as athletes. It's really a shame that he did that. But I so I that was when that happened. I was like, all right, I'm putting this in the rundown. We have to talk about the, how sloppy they've been. And now to start in our group text, going back to like, oh God, John Farrell, or yeah, John Don't Farrell. Even say his name. Don't even say his name. Oh, I thought you were just gonna drop a certified boob on me, and I was gonna be even hotter than I thought I was right now. No, no, no. But I'm just saying. Going back to like the 2015, 16, 17 team, or not 15, but 16, 17 teams that were pretty good, but they just needed the managerial change. They say they also just needed fucking JD Martinez bat, which was the real difference. But they um, were running into outs and it didn't stop when Cora came. That's what's been puzzling. Like, I know you were, you've been more down on Cora than I have, but. Looking at this stuff, it's like... So, yeah, I'm sorry. Finish your point. But yes, I, I have, but I have an explanation for that. But the I'm just saying there's so many things that a manager can affect. And I think smart base running and situational baseball is one of them. And that hasn't happened. 2018, they were a buzzsaw. They hit a million home runs. They had Mookie Betts, if you can't, if you don't remember... And Devers broke out that year. J.D. Martinez was maybe the third in any best. other in in any other year he would have been an MVP of whatever league he was playing in. Yeah, it just so happened that that year he played on the same team as Mookie Betts and in the same league as Mike Trout. You're just like, sorry, bud, not going to happen. It was like a ten WAR season for Betts and a nine point five WAR season for Trout, but it just. Other than that year, it's been disappointment. 2019, totally disappointing. 2020, they packed it in. 2021, honestly, it was just a mirage, as we've seen, and they were doing stupid shit. 2022, bad base running over the bad defense, and now it's a combination. It's bad defense, bad base running, bad everything. Yeah. Uh, So, yes, I mean... Well said that you can trace this back to 2019 falling apart the way they didn't foresee it happening. Uh, Cora's suspension. Um, uh, but again, I, I softened my view. Oh, on Cora. that's who you were talking I... about. Oh, what? Ranicky. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? I told you not to say his name. Guy was a boob. Anyways, <clears throat> the the Cora thing, which I do. I totally agree with you. And especially, I've said it on this show before, a guy who made his name catching and throwing the baseball has a team that can do neither, which is insane to me. And the two things he should be able to absolutely affect are situational base running and in and at least a defense that you could rely on if you were a starting pitcher. Um, But I mean, there's also been a lot of stuff heaped on to Cora from up high that says we value flexibility in roster uh, manipulation more than giving you nine guys who can go out there and get the job done. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the defense right now to um, well, first of all, honestly, have they given up three little league home runs this year? 
At least two. I think we were trying to find this. Um, um, the running into outs always happens, as I mentioned. But to put a a real number on it, they have the worst oh, okay. fielding percentage in Major League Baseball right now. That's because they have the most errors. No, they have second most. San oh, Francisco has 96. Man, San Francisco is a borderline playoff team. Imagine that. But they can pitch. Yeah, they can. Uh, yeah, and the Red Sox have 94. It's And now, everyone involved with the let's play Kike Hernandez at shortstop decision was is to blame for that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we're really getting to a point where it's like, okay, let's be honest with ourselves. Devers isn't a third baseman. That's just too many yeah. errors all the time. Right. So, Tom, the a, a traditional stat is the fielding percentage, right? Mm-hmm. The worst in the league. Um, there is a stat called outs above average, which is a range-based metric of skill that shows how many outs a player has saved. Basically, the average is zero, right? That's the zero is the average, and it's based upon that. OAA is calculated differently for outfielders and infielders, but anyways, um, it used to be an outfield-only metric. Boston Red Sox right now, the leader in the Major League Baseball, just to give you an idea of where defense is right now, the leader in the major, in major leagues uh, are the Diamondbacks and the Brewers at 28 outs above average. Very good. 28% better than the league at getting guys out. The Boston Red Sox are 30th of the 30 teams with a negative 51 outs above average. That is 25 more, less, I guess less, uh, then the next best, which or the next worst, which is Cincinnati at negative twenty six. That's infuriating. That's an infuriating that's the, number. That's the exact word, and it's not a typo. I have it right up on Fangraphs right now. It is very bad. That is the team that is currently being, and I hate to get all Dan Shaughnessy here and negative Nance the place up. But that's the team that is currently being told to us that is still five games out of a wild card spot and in the hunt. I mean, if we can get in our time machines, go back 19 years, the years 2004. They trade the best shortstop in franchise history. Take that, Johnny Pesky. And they get. Orlando Cabrera and Doug Mankiewicz because their defense was bad. Theo Mm -hmm. Epstein in the front office said, if we can sure up our defense, we have Manny Ortez batting. You know, their lineup was stacked. Great pitching. It's like, let's shore up the defense. It is so oddly, I don't know if it's like new school nerdy to be like, Yeah, don't worry about the defense. Like Schwarber in the Phillies. Guy just hits home runs, strikes out. Negative war. He's going to finish the season with forty over 40 homers and a negative war. Yeah, and he plays a bad left field. But it's like, yeah, but he he can work a count and he's going to run into a ball. So it's a weird thing where it's like defense doesn't matter. And then, I don't know, 
I feel like I don't have the numbers in front of me. I feel like the Rays can play defense. Yeah. I mean, I just took the numbers away, but I, cause I had to just, look at how many I'm, RBIs Kyle Schwarber had. I'm, oh, I'm, Kyle Schwarber's got a 1.1 war right oh, now. Okay. Well, that's, that's Fangraphs war, but, and he's got I, 90 RBI. I mean, to say he's not productive is crazy. A 198 batting a BABIP is oh, wow. But he's got a 345 on base. Like you said, you know how to work account. And when he gets a pitch he can handle, he third decks him. I, but my thing is just like, I don't know why they're de-emphasizing defense because. No, I understand that. Because you a, still have to catch the baseball. But that's left field. That's not taking a guy who has never played short stop and putting him there and saying, he'll be all right. He hits 220. Yeah. And when at the beginning of the season, when he was like, that was my position, it's like, when? That was yeah, and, mine, and but that, I haven't yeah. played it since 2007 because exactly. I like to. Uh, so the just to answer uh, your hype, your hypothetical out there, the Rays have eight, eight outs above average, positive eight. So, yes, they can field the baseball. What's the number one team you said? I'm sorry, I forget now. Diamondbacks and Brewers are tied at 28. Both playoff teams. Yep, there you go. So, However, the Kansas City Royals are in third at 27. <laughs> yeah, but they can't stop the ball from going over the fence. That's a pitcher no. thing. What is, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about some other stuff that I wanted to kind of touch on because we have a uh, an open um, kind of topic area in the in the major league stuff. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it's as bad as they look on TV every night. Your eyes are not lying to you. They are that bad. They are. And unfortunately, I know I'm skipping a couple of things here. The Yankees are on fire. Yeah, they got smoked last night, thankfully. Yeah, but there's a chance that the Red Sox could finish under the Yankees. Yeah, third. uh, I saw Peter Gammon's tweet saying if the... I saw the same one, yeah. Yeah, if the Red Sox don't win the series this weekend against the Yankees or next weekend, I don't know, next week against the Yankees, they have a chance to finish in last place three out of four years. Last place three out of four years is just ridiculous. But honestly, this is just what this ownership kind of does. They won the World Series in 2004, made the playoffs in 2005, last place in 2000. Six. Well, they're playing the Orioles this weekend, so that's so probably not a series they're going to win. Um, and yeah, I mean, so there are two games up on the Yankees right now for last place in the division. Seventy and seventy are the Yankees. Seventy-two and sixty-eight are Boston. Again, I hold that to being they got to beat up on everybody else in the league instead of having to play internally in the AL East. If that was an internal AL East, uh, you know, what was it, 19 times they would play those teams each year? Yeah. That record's looking a lot different. If you had to see Baltimore 19 times, that's a different record. And it changed the how interleague was done because you play everyone now. They could have played the just the AL West, which then you're facing the Diamondbacks, you're facing the yeah, Dodgers. Or sorry, NL West, Dimebacks, Dodgers, Giants are pretty good. Yeah, they rotated each year. I don't trust them against the Padres. It's like now they're instead of that, it's like you do get to play the Nationals, you do get to play the Pirates who beat them, 
but you're you're softening it's not only taking games away from the AL East it's playing the you get to play the worst team in the league every year even if it's in the other other yeah. league is what i'm trying to say so but i wanted to talk about something that just kind of sticks with the the front office situation the James Paxton thing has gotten really bad in the fact that they didn't move him so fast. It, it happened so fast. So before the all-star break, James Paxton was five and two with a 3.51 ERA. Now easily in our, and then before you continue there in our text chat that we have easily the best choice to be traded. Yep. And yeah. And it's like, well, you have to move him because he's he's going to walk for free at the end of the year if you don't. Since they didn't move him, since the All-Star break, he's 2-3 and three a... <laughs> with a 6.08 ERA. Now mm. they have bad defense. Nope, his field, fielding independent, independent pitching is yeah. 5.94. So it's the same, essentially. He's walking almost four guys a game at 3.89 letting up two home runs per game and he's averaging four innings per start in that time so i was that was going to be my last question is is he giving you innings though he's definitely getting deep into the game sixth seventh inning right no he's averaging four innings per start to an already dead bullpen that's i guess we should have talked about that they de-emphasize defense and they're like let's just overwork the bullpen know what you don't have the raise bullpen no, this Bloom's philosophy is like it's. This is the thing that bugs me. It's like, oh, he's from this guy's tree. This is you saw this with Belichick coaching tree hires. It's like there's a difference. Why he's letting them walk because it's it's him. It's Bill Belichick. So like when Andrew Friedman, who was I think the top of the tree, left for the Dodgers. And the Rays replaced him with, I forget who their GM is, but, and they let High and Bloom go. It's like, oh, I'm going to do what the Rays are doing. It's like, but you were working under the guy in charge. You can't do what he's doing, but he's the best at it. Well, Friedman's the best at it because he, he's doing it with money. So he's able to get Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, but then develop everyone else. Yeah. It's, it's just, the, but back to Paxton, the fact that they didn't move him just shows. I don't even know what it shows. It was just an absolute abomination. Well, it's going to tie into our next point. And I think that the emphasis, no matter what they tell people who are they're trying to sell tickets to, is not on building a World Series capable winning team, a, a team capable to win the World Series. And if you think. If you are sitting there listening to my voice right now and you think the 2023 Red Sox ever had a legitimate chance at winning the World Series, you need to reevaluate how you watch baseball. They just right. didn't. You got to you just got to take your RSN hat off and be like yeah. there's a re- there's a realness factor that you have to have. And and whatever. That's that is what it is. I don't think you and I were ever tricked. Uh, less of a, save for one week before the trade that de- trade deadline when they were playing really good baseball, um, and they had a chance and, to improve. That and was the and key. now the 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 team philosophy 
from the top to, I don't know, right above Alex Cora, who seems the most frustrated with this team, is let's develop younger talent in our farm system and hope we have the same success as another bottom-dwelling team for three out of four seasons, the Orioles. However, I mean, whatever. They, they fumbled with James Paxton, big time, not getting rid of him. He could have been somebody else's problem, and now you're just getting, in addition to him walking at the end of the season for getting nothing back, you're getting awful outings every every fifth day. Now every tenth day because it's so bad. But, I mean, and the thing that that worries me the most about building for the future and investing in developing players in your farm system is that it doesn't always pan out for top prospects. I know that our on our rundown we have Marcelo Mayer. Did you have anything left on Paxton? Because this I'm trying to make a, a giant overarching point. No, the abomination was the last part. So Marcelo Mayer is shut down for the rest of the season. There's two weeks left in the season, and he's a double A player. Who cares? I don't care about that. But what that shows you is how quickly a prospect can get hurt and it changes the course of their entire career. So building a farm system instead of investing in major league ready talent who can win you games is such a crapshoot because, again, it doesn't sound serious. The Red Sox aren't worried. I am not that worried. He'll start his regular routine of getting ready in winter and for next preseason. And and, um, it's not training camp. I got NFL on the brain. Uh, Spring training. And but with that, next season, he could get hurt. Next season, Roman Anthony, who everybody is talking about, Kyle Teal, who everybody on the Internet is high on. Those names, while have very good trade value, maybe, have no return on investment yet to say that building a farm system the way the Orioles did it or the way Chaim Bloom thinks he's going to do it will be effective at the major league level. It could also turn out that when they get to AAA, oh shit, they can't hit a curveball that good. They hadn't seen it in high A. You're you're getting excited about a team two years down the road because of a 19-year-old's performance in high A Greenville. That is not a good barometer to base a team's success on and how you should not build a team going forward. I saw a tweet the other day, Tom, that outlined, inadvertently outlined this Twitter user's point uh, the wrong way for him. He was excited about Roman Anthony. Um, and his name is, again, I actually like him. I like the work he does. His name is Tyler Milliken. He works on the Name Redacted podcast with Jared Carabas. <sighs> I had the tweet up. Let me see it. It is about Roman Anthony. Is that the kind of crazy? Is that the name of the podcast, or did you just not say the name the, of the podcast? No, the na- it is name redacted. It used oh. to be called the se- the Section Ten podcast. Uh-huh. Um, so this is a cre- he credits Alex Spear for it. So maybe it's Alex Spear, and I'm and I'm just kind of harping on Tyler Milliken. Uh, kind of crazy to think about Roman Anthony's 2023. He's the first Red Sox teenager to reach Double D- A since Xander Bogart. Also the first Red Sox draftee to reach the upper levels as a teenager since Durnell Stenson in 1998. That is the definition of 50-50 hitting prospects. 
You have Xander Bogarts, who's a two-time World Series winner and made a crazy amount of money to go start shortstop for the next 12 years. A could an absolutely confirmed major league talent. What did Darnell Stinson do in the majors? That's a name I haven't heard for 84 years. <laughs> it I've he inadvertently proved he inadvertently proved the point. Well, he only played one season, 37 games for Cincinnati. And he wasn't that great. So that's, that is the point that he inadvertently tried to make being excited about a prospect on how this prospect is going to carry them to a world series in 2025. And the, the example he gave is a guy who made it in Bogarts and a guy who has 37 career games played. You cannot base a team's success or future success on how they rank their prospects or how Baseball America ranks their prospects or how Jonathan Mayo ranks their prospects. It is unbelievable that the GM or president of baseball operations, whatever you want to call him so I'm not getting called out, is doing this with a top five market team. They, there haven't been as many sellouts as they did when they bought all their own tickets and, and harped on the big sellout thing. A lot of people still go to the games. And a lot of people still think they're good enough to win a championship. They're not. And this is the reason why. Because they've invested all of their money into eggs that haven't hatched yet. And we are going to be sitting with that strategy for unfortunately the next five years or however long High and Bloom gets extended after this year. Could be David Stearns. That'd be nice. Yeah. Well, either no, way. That, that I mean, going that's back, my point is going back to the point the like the beginning of it. You you can't do an Orioles Orioles rebuild because the Orioles had three shots at number one overall prospects, and they picked Gunnar Henderson, Grayson Rodriguez, and Jackson Holiday. Oh, and Adley Rutschman. So is that four? Mm-hmm. Were they, I don't know if they were all number one overall picks, but they had that opportunity. Three of them, three of them were. The Red Sox are doing a stupid, oh, we're, we're trying to do a balance between rebuilding and contending. And it's like, well, you're then you're fucking up, and you're just going to be a medi- mediocre 500 team if that's your plan. Your plan should be if you're going to suck for a couple years and do what the Orioles did and then get these number one picks, you just got to kind of make a deal with Rafael Devers say, Hey, you're making $300 million next three years. Going to suck. We're going to get the right prospects and they're going to come up or you do that. And then you do the opposite. You make gigantic packages and you get the Juan Soto's of the world when they're available you get the Scherzer or Verlanders when they're available. I, It's just, I, I think we're in, I don't know. I'd like to know the splits between who wants prospects and who wants to trade their prospects for established stars. And I'm not saying a 32-year-old guy rental. I'm saying a guy like Juan Soto or what the Dodgers did for Mookie Betts. But I apparently to get Mookie Betts, all you need to do is give up mediocre players and bad prospects. But if uh, you have to like seriously look at Marcelo Mayer and Sedane Rafaela and Kyle Teal 
and Miguel Blyce, Nick York, all these guys, and say, is this someone we're going to keep? Or are we going to go get the big name guy that's available? And then sign that big name 28-year-old person to a long contract. And it's going to suck at the end of it when they're 37, 38. But from the time that they're 28 to 34, it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, you have to you have to decide. And you have to stop spending free agent money that puts you over the cap for guys that aren't going to win you a championship. Yeah, I it's I I, I so again, that mayor being shut down and again, whatever. That's not that's not the the point of it is is how close you are from one of those prospects being absolute nothing a career minor leaguer and you're yeah. sitting here putting value in your farm system which is great if you can draft and develop like the Baltimore Orioles I don't think we've seen that yet and that's so rare that Henderson Rodriguez Rutschman yes. I saw I looked at it. it. It was just it was just Holiday and, and Rutschman who were the top picks. But yeah. Oh, okay. Gunnar Henderson, Grayson Rodriguez, J- Jackson Holiday, who's on the way up, Kurge Stad, who's on the way up. All of those guys, again, seem to have been oh, again, you can't even say that about Jackson Holiday and Kurgstad yet, because they're not in the majors. But Adley Rutschman is, Grayson Rodriguez is, Gunnar Henderson is, all guys who are contributing in big ways. I've said it all year. I'll I'll keep keep saying it. Until Marcelo Meyer hits 300 in the majors, I, I can't see any value in him outside of being a great person to trade. Yeah. I want him to be great. I'd love him to be a shortstop here for 12 years. But who knows? Like, that's the point I'm trying to make is you don't know. You can get to a certain level where you see something you've never seen in college, high A, even double A. You can get to AAA and realize, like, oh, crap, I can't hit up here. It's just so ridiculous to base a value on a team in a market this size with, I don't know, I I guess in the ever-changing AL East, they really got to build with some younger talent. They can't keep... And they can't keep it relying on guys like Justin Turner to come in and have a giant season at 38 years old. Or as much as we've kind of joked about him, Adam Duvall... He would have been perfect, a perfect piece on a team that was more had more talent around him. How, how much would... concerned are you? Wait, uh, before you consider, before you continue, how concerned are you, Tom Brown, that they bring one of those two guys back in the offseason? Well, Turner signed for two years. Oh, I thought he was on a one year deal. No, Turner's going to be back, baby. Okay. Well, at least they're not bringing him back, but um, Well, also right. where's he where is he going to play next year? Jack, that's a great question. He's going to keep Devers at third base. He should play third uh, base. Yeah. Really thought he was on a one-year deal. He should yeah, play he third base because that's his position. He should just switch with Rafael Devers. Is can he be that much worse? Well, he hasn't played any defense this year. I um, I don't care. Can he wow. be worse at third base than Devers is? Because Devers is statistically the worst third baseman in baseball. Yeah, he's terrible. 
Um, but I love him. No, I, yeah, I love him. I, I love him too. I listen. I love Justin Turner, but I don't know that his production is going to be matched like this next year. Um, mm-hmm. That is a bad. That is a bad contract. No. Twenty-one million over two years. I didn't know how much that was. That's a bad contract. Didn't. Uh... Wow. Yeah. Then another guy you could have traded because I he. I, I really thought that was a one-year prove-yourself deal. No. Um. Wowzers. Okay. So, how concerned are you that they're going to bring Duval back too? Because uh, I think they will. They'll try to. They'll be in on him. But I think someone actually might give him like a some like your favorite contender might be like yeah what if deal two three year deal yeah just a little more money that if for the right handed power but yeah, I'm just um, but I'll, uh, Duvall how how much would we love him if he was the third outfielder mashing out of like the six or seven hole for a really good team. Yeah, it'd be great. He's got a hot, he's a streaky guy too, man. He can go seven homers in a week. Easy. So he gets hot during like that, like what you said, if he, he's the perfect type of player to get hot through a series, through a playoff series and just absolutely carry you to it. Right. Um, Do you have any but, yeah. par- parting Red Sox thoughts? I don't want to watch Chris Sale pitch against the Orioles this weekend. Oh, I do. (laughs) No, honestly, it's like you shied away from pitching in big games for a little bit. Let's see it. Yeah, sure. Maybe, maybe he'll prove us wrong again, Tom. And then he'll talk, he'll have a bad game. They'll lose. There'll be a big, maybe there'll be a big mistake. Like say second and third, Ground ball, someone messes it up, error. He ends up giving up five or six runs. After the game, it was like, well, it was my fault. It was my fault. And it's like, you know what, dude? Great for standing up for your teammates, but if you produce a ground ball and it's booted, it's not your fault. And I'm sick of the martyrdom from him. But all right, we're going to change it up. And talk about something else that annoys us, and that is that the Astros are seven and three in their last ten. They're now in first place in the AL West. And El Tuve hit four home runs and four straight at bats, five total in two games. And guess what? The Astros are a legit title contender again. To quote Alex Bregman, we are built to win the World Series. And I don't think he's wrong. Uh they're I was looking at their lineup yesterday and it's just ridiculous that they have Bregman, Altuve, Jordan. Kyle Tucker is now just in his prime and awesome. Like he was always good. It was always like, oh, Kyle Tucker's good, secretly good. Now he's just like, oh yeah, he's an MVP candidate. Yeah, Orsillo actually said it. Orsillo loves some weird baseball players. Not that Kyle Tucker's weird, but he just he just flat out said on the uh when they were playing him the other night, he's like this guy is one of the best players in baseball. If you don't know who this is, start watching him. Yeah. And he is. Um, I mean, you're also missing Chaz, my boy Chaz. I who was just shocked mashes, that he had 20 home runs. Just mashes homers. Yeah. It's, just a good team. Solid yeah. pitching, too, all the way through their bullpen. Um, you, know, you know what they did? They actually tanked 
and really went for it for a few years. Yeah, I was looking when I went back and looked at uh first uh first overall picks, a lot of Astros in a row there. Good run of Astros in a row. No, Mark Apple didn't work out though. No, he did not. Again, there you go. There were a lot of them that didn't work out. Well, it was like him and Carlos Correa right next to each other. It was like one worked, one didn't. Same with Tim Beckham and David Price. One worked, one didn't. It's yep. just uh Luke Hoshaver was the number one overall pick. Oh yeah, he had a good year. He, I mean, he's. I think he's. He still could be going. Um, but yeah, it, again, it, it, nothing. It's a lot. There are busts in the NFL, but at like a much lower rate than at baseball. It's just. It's not. Listen, I don't want to get fired up again. I'm so. I, when I saw that tweet, I was like, he doesn't realize he's proving he's disproving his own point. Jackie, Jackie, that guy. All due respect to him, he works on a much bigger podcast. He's not no, he's he's a he's an RSN member. He just is always gonna say they're they're the best, and it's like they they've been eliminated for two weeks. You know, they've had a really good year. It's just there there's a there's a just a it's just like that guy you were talking about. But let's not name names because we're trying to get followers here. That guy you're talking about with the Celtics, just like you, you can say negative things about your favorite team. I love the Red Sox, Patriots, and Celtics, but I'm going to say negative things about them when they're negative. Yeah. He who shall not be named. But if he wants some, he can come get it. Um. (laughs) Well, let's get, let's get (laughs) listeners first. So the Ash, the Astros schedule going forward is Padres athletics Royals are the next three series. So they could open a, they could open a lead and then they, they play the Orioles then back to the Royals. And then the second to last series of the year with, for them is the Mariners. So that'll be good. And it, it's, it's kind of like what we didn't want to see here is we kind of want that race to, to stay tight. Unfortunately, it looks like the Rangers are kind of fading out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but the Mariners are getting there. And depending on what happens with Shohei Otani, Julio Rodriguez is making a serious push for most valuable player. I mean, so is Jose Altuve over the last two weeks. But Well, so is Corey Seager is now qualified for batting things. So now he leads the what league. What a in. damn year that dude's having. He's just like, he's one of those guys. Remember for years, the the Mark DeRosa's and the Sean Casey's in like spring training were like Eric Hosmer is going to break out Eric Hosmer and Eric Hosmer was a very good player. Yeah. Corey Seager was that same guy. And I was like, when's this going to happen? And then boom, it happened. And he's yeah. awesome. Yeah. You know what I would give him? Uh, uh, Maybe not. Maybe I'm getting him and Kyle confused a little bit. Yeah, I am. But anyways, I digress. Uh, speaking of those, well, not, well, Corey Seager's no longer a Dodger, but did you hear what happened to our favorite player last night? No, no. What happened? Mookie Betts followed the ball off his toe, left the stadium on crutches. Oh, x-rays were negative, but it seems like he's going to miss some time. And the Dodgers pitching rotation is absolutely falling apart. Oh, Mookie. You know, well, 
I was I was taking notes for this, and they were, you know what, your boy Dave Roberts, they were up like ten nothing. I know Mookie's in the MVP race, but he can take an at bat off. Maybe get some of your starters out. You do it with your pitchers all the time. Um, did you see? Did you see what he said about his pitcher last night? It took a yeah. perfect game in the seventh. Yeah, he was really pulling for him. He's a troll. <laughs> I well. Mookie misses some time. They're still going to win the West as long as he's healthy by the playoffs. But honestly, like I heard Eno Sarah saying yesterday on a podcast that if they were about to start a series, he thinks they should go Bobby Miller, then Walker Bueller, who is making a rehab start from second, a second Tommy John surgery. Those would be his picks for games one and two. Kershaw is dealing with a weird, he hit, he was hitting 88 on his fastball. He yeah, would, I know. Hit, and they were just like, something's up with his shoulder. And Roberts came out and said, it's like, that's a fact. It's just happening. Which. So I've, I've seen some speculation that he's, he's going to, he's going to hang it up after this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Jeez. We're going to also, this is, you're going to have, gonna have good, to do it. Jack's gonna have a, a castaway styled podcast when Clayton Kershaw retires. You're gonna you're gonna have a good hearty laugh at this because like looking at that, I just like searched Clayton Kershaw in there just to see if I could suss that out a little more. And some writer for the LA Times or where I forget where he writes from, but he wrote he spent like he's had a tweet that said spent the last two years working on a Clayton Kershaw book and he can pre-order here and I immediately pre-ordered it. Son of a bitch. I saw that same thing and I was going to send it to you for Christmas. <laughs> I really was. Um, Immediately, as soon as I saw it, I said, oh, I'm going to pick that up. <laughs> well, Jack, cancel the pre-order and get it from a local bookstore. Don't do it off Amazon. Um, okay. You're not going to. But let me let me let's let's go back back in time. It's the year 2010. I'm coming back from elbow surgery. I throw off a mound for the first time, too excited, too amped up. The next time I, now this is going to tie into Clayton Kershaw, but the next time I threw a ball, I gave it all I had. I was like, okay, I'm facing an actual batter here. Here we go. I threw it and I was like, I threw that hard in Little League, but I threw it with all my might and no pain in my shoulder. I just couldn't throw. And I went and saw the trainer and I don't know, Kershaw might have better doctors than Worcester state, but I had a shoulder impingement and the guy was just like, yeah, it's that you just got to wait. You got to wait like two weeks. Don't throw a ball, no pain, no nothing. It just completely sapped you of all your strength. And I, I asked the coach, I was like, how hard was that? He was like, it was 69 miles an hour. And I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, but I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, I threw that as hard as I could. So it hopefully is just that and not something like thoracic outlet or. Yes, I mean, a rotator cuff, because honestly, it was like two weeks later, I could actually like throw. Comparing yourself to a first ballot Hall of Famer class classic. Um, no, um... No comparing, just saying that. It was a weird thing. And if he's not, if he's not feeling pain, like that's what that injury does. Yeah, it, it sucks. Um, but, but again, yeah, they're, they're, 
their three man, four man rotation. I mean, it's just it's just classic Dodgers. They get to the playoffs and they're just not ready for the playoffs. It's it's amazing. They have been the best regular season team for over a decade. And they yeah. won a fake World Series. I can't. It's not a fake. Jack. It was the World Series. The Dodgers are always really good after about 75 games. They didn't have to play <laughs> well, the other 80. Six. Still counts as seven. Um, In your it's eyes. Real than the, it's more real than the Astros World Series. Allegedly. The one game seven. Uh, no, I actually don't think it's a legend. <laughs> they won game seven on the road. Yeah, gotta hit it. Um, then the let's we've had a really positive podcast, so let's end with Julio Arias has been placed on administrative leave because he had his second domestic violence offense, um, and he. There is no minimum and no maximum for Rob Manfred to suspend him. He can give him whatever he wants. And God, what Trevor Bauer got two years for his accusations and is just basically blacklisted. Yeah, it's poison. And you know what? I mean, the allegations are true. It sounds like there's multiple eyewitnesses and it happened in a very crowded space. See you Uh, later, buddy. Yeah, it's a pretty good chance he's pitched his last pitch in in the major leagues, and it's really indefensible shit. You can't go around doing that <laughs> just to anybody, let alone your wife, multiple times. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if you have anything positive. I mean, baseball's still fun to watch, Ronald. Acuna. Yeah, September baseball. Ronald Acuna is now at what thirty-seven and sixty-three or thirty-four and sixty-three. I think he had two last night, so thirty-six. I think. So oh he... my gosh, he's gonna go forty-forty, uh, hopefully. Um, really didn't really did not like that Mookie Betts August and was like, no, 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 I'm I'm still the most valuable player. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, the Braves themselves, if you ever want to have fun watching a baseball game, just flip on an Atlanta Braves game. Um, and you'll you're you're gonna enjoy what you're watching. Uh the NL wild card race has been unbelievably fun, and it's gonna take I think it'll take the place of the AL West race that we kind of thought was going to be the big deal down the stretch. Um, so there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, in my opinion. I still think that if Shohei gets shut down, uh, I'm not sure what the latest news on him was, uh, but if Shohei gets shut down, that AL MVP might be wide open. I mean, currently he's in the Mike Trout A-Rod seat of winning the MVP multiple years on a last place team. <laughs> like it's yeah, it's not last place because the athletics are still uh, alive and kicking for a real team. Did you see this is actually a good way to end? Um, there was this billboard outside yeah. of yeah. on the way to the Coliseum that said, Mrs. Fisher, come get your boy. Yeah. Hilarious. Uh, um, I'm reading Ricky Henderson's biography right now, and it's so crazy that they're going to move out of Oakland just because the best. they have won four World Series. It's just nuts. Three in a row. Also, there was a good baseball bits recently on uh, how the 2012 uh, A's were a rookie super team. 
All right, Shout Jack. Out to baseball bets. I recently made a little last night. I was going through all the trivia games we've played. So the years are laid out, which is kind of an advantage. So just don't look at it right now because here we go. Willie McGee of the Cards is voted NL MVP. Mm-hmm. Leads the league in batting average, 353, 216 hits, and 18 triples. Don Mattingly wins the MVP in the AL. 145 RBI. Uh, he also leads in runs produced, 217. Total bases, 370, and doubles, 48. Dwight Gooden wins the Cy Young in the National League with 24 wins, 1.53 ERA, 268 Ks, 16 complete games. Wow. And 277 innings. Red Sox legend, but currently at the time he was on Kansas City, Brett Saberhagen wins the AL Cy Young. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, why? Well, you know, when you get one and you hear a name and you're just like, all right, got it. And then <laughs> you hear it, another name and you're like, oh. That threw me be, off. I could be a multiple time winner. <sighs> so let's take you through what I'm thinking here, Tom. Okay. We're in the mid 80s. Mid to late 80s. Um, I think we're tied to the World Series in both our MVP and our Cy Young from the respective leagues. Although uh, there is one more year that I is is tripping me out because I know Brett Saberhagen had two really, really good years. And he might have won the Cy Young. I know he definitely won, obviously, <clears throat> the Cy Young. And I think it was a year he had his long scoreless streak. And the Kansas City Royals faced st louis cardinals in the 1985 world series so my guess would be 1985 that is correct all right when you said dwight gooden and uh what's his name or both cy youngs were tied to the world series is like they did not play each other what is he talking about I was so confused. Yeah. No, so as the Willie McGee was the NL MVP for St. Louis and and the Cardinals and the Royals played the World Series that year, right? Is that right? Yeah. I think so, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I-85 World Series, I believe they called it. There you go. In 1985, how about that? Oh, maybe it wasn't I-85. Maybe that's why I said 85. Um, Crazy year, though. Two guys got... Two guys, Tom Seaver of the White Sox. That's a good grid memory. Yeah, very good. Phil Necro of the Yankees. Both got their 300th win. Rod Carew got his 3,000th hit. Nolan Ryan struck out his 4,000th batter. Wow. Pete Rose broke the all-time career hit leaders. And the Chicken Man led major leagues with 240 hits. The most since 1930, and he also had a 368 batting average and a 452 on base. So recently, Good Lord Wade Box, <laughs> yeah. Uh, recently, 240 hits is probably top 10 all time in a season. 262 is number one. 
Ichiro. But anyways, um, I was doing a thing where I was com- going through the wars for the first couple years of players' careers to see who, like, see how Trout stacked up. Tied for 13th. It's Wade Boggs. All time. And Hits. it was, for the longest time, it was Pujols, Ted Williams, Trout, year after year. Then all of a sudden, here comes Chicken Man. Wade Boggs just popping up in the first like five or six years of his career in all-time war for baseball reference. He was putting up fucking 10 war seasons in the 80s. Slap and hit, slap and hit, slap and hit, getting on base, slap and hits. Unbelievable. Wish I saw more of him as a Red Sox player. I actually don't have any recollection of him as a Red Sox player because he went um, to the Yankees in like 95 or something. 93. Yeah. 93. So the only time he won with the Red Sox was when they won the 1990 AL East. Um, uh, and the 1986 AL Championship. Oh, oh sure. The, the, yeah, good call. Um, but, I mean, led the bat, led, led in batting average. He won five batting titles with the Red Sox. Wow, good Lord. Really Our, super high on base. Yeah. Not as high as Ted Williams. Jack. Breaking news. What do we got? Uh, the great race of 98. I was telling you about this. Oh, yeah. For the show. Yeah. The cards. Larry Walker, Pedro, Jeff Bagwell, Rob Nen, Greg Vaughn, Troy Percival, Jason Kendall, Derek Jeter. Then 99 Sosa and McGuire again. I don't know why they do that sometimes. I don't know. I don't Because I don't, I don't, they're core players. You can you play the with truth. them all the time. To tell you the truth, Tom, I've moved completely out of Diamond Dynasty and onto Road to the Show and Franchise. Wow. You're a sap. How dare you? You're the sap. You're just playing with the same cards all the time. No, I can't use <laughs> I can't use season one or season two anymore. New cards, you gotta, Jack. You gotta do the wild card. Yeah, that's reserved for Pedro Martinez. Reserved for Pedro Pedro's Cy Young card. Dick. How dare you? All right. Jack, I got to go because I don't know how much longer this nap is going to last. Sure. And I uh, also want to eat lunch. So that was good. Very uh, cathartic to get that out there. Um, All that said, I'm going to watch the Red Sox tonight. Yeah, sure. I'm very excited to watch the Red Sox on Sunday when it's Grayson Rodriguez versus Brian Bayo. I hope it's 0-0 through nine innings. Um, Is it at one? Yeah, probably. They would not put a Red Sox game. They're not going to flex that on. Oh, I see why. You got the NFL, Tom. You got your other show. I mean, I feel like you're going to watch Red Zone. Yeah, I'm sure. Sure. I'm going to have the laptop <laughs> on with the, with the game. <laughs> I don't think it's just me here. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, Jack, I'll talk to you later. Bye, Tom. <laughs>